like, I don't know. I was saying to a friend earlier that I was like, you know, if you're listening to, you know, Thank You Next from Ariana Grande, it's kind of like eating a donut. There's not much to it. It's just, mm. oh, this is sweet and tasty and down it goes. You know, this isn't, uh, Mountain Goats is more complex meal. It's like eating a lobster. You know, yeah. you got to do a little work, but it's worth it. Here we are with a, another test episode uh, for the time being. Eventually we will have a proper intro and such, which you normally be hearing. At this time, but in the meantime, hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. I'm James, and the song you're listening to now is No Children by the Mountain Goats, who we saw at the East River Park Amphitheater on August 10th, and that's who we'll be talking about today. I just want to add here that we finally do have an Instagram account, which is High Decibels Podcast, and you can find some content from this show uh, on that account. So please check it out and give us a like and a follow. Thanks. Yeah, it's almost like we're professional. So uh, we like to start talking about the venue, so let's let's get into that. East River Park is on the east side of Manhattan, lower, lower Manhattan there. Not super hard to get to. Uh, you just take a train out to that Lower East Side. Kind of, we took the D to Grand Street and then walked from there. Um, so it's a, it could be a bit of a hike though. From that particular one, we were about 15, 20 minute walk, like just to the park and then through the park to the amphitheater there. So if you don't mind a bit of a walk, which neither of us really do, it was a really nice day out. Um, then it, it's a perfectly fine park for you uh, to go to. They, there's no food or drink there that they sell. Uh, they kind of have guys walking around selling water bottles and that rum drink that uh, most people I hear, I hear call it a nutcracker. Don't really know where that name came from, but you also always see people uh, hawking those wares at like the beaches, like Rockaways. They're always walking around selling them ice cold nutcrackers, that kind of thing. Um, and like the the security didn't give a damn about that. In fact, I saw a couple security guards buy them. So. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. No, I call a couple security guards <laughs> buy them. I have like five dollars for the bottle, and it's like this rum punch nutcrackers. They're called. Um, so it's like it's a public New York City park, so alcohol is not legal there. But they just really didn't give a damn. Like the ladies in front of us had a box of wine, and like they threw a blanket over it, so it's not like they were being like super out in the open of it. Uh, but, and like, there was nobody sitting there with like beer bottles or anything like that. But if you're a little subtle and you just hide it just enough, uh, they really don't give a damn out there. Yeah. They're not looking to get you in trouble. If you're blatantly obvious, maybe they would say something, but we didn't. So, you know, pro tip, if you do see a show at the East river park amphitheater, uh, bring some food. Mm. Uh, yeah, they don't even have like a, a hot dog cart or something Nothing. like that yeah which confused me like it seems like the perfect spot to just stick a dirty a dirty water hot dog guy on a corner there for everybody um so definitely like bring a sandwich or something to it uh bathrooms i don't know there was a line of porta potties that's you know that they, they kept them clean oh and that. yeah and also and again bring the box of wine yeah like, do definitely that. I just feel um, like I needed to add that. Venue itself, it's pretty small. It's like an amphitheater setup, uh, which is cool because outdoor venues have a tendency to let the sound bleed, so it kind of sounds a little flat sometimes. Um, this time, not, not it was not the case, and it helps probably that we were like front row because we got there like an hour and a half early. Not no complaints. It was a gorgeous day, and it was totally worth sitting up there for that. It was perfect seats, but I mean, it sounded great from where we were sitting. Um, and I do say sitting because it's all seats and everything. Obviously, people stood up during certain parts of it, but you're mostly sitting and it's benches. So if you got like a bad back, you're the kind of person that, you know, can't sit at the bleachers at Yankee Stadium, then this isn't the spot for you. Or just bring like one of those like 
half of a back chair yeah, things. that you can lean back in a little bit because like even me like i caught myself slouching a bunch of times and it's like by the end of it my back was killing me just from from not being able to like lean back at all so if that's something that you have issues with this probably isn't the spot for you yeah i mean listen you know at the end of the day you you, you could also like sit on the grass or something sure like that right if you or wanted stand to. in the back like it's not that big a deal but. right you know like don't don't miss a show here in my opinion, on account of that, you know, mm. you figure something out. But just know that that is a factor that you would have to work around. Mm. Um, now, this venue is part of the uh, larger network of um, temporary venues um, that make up a citywide program that happens in the city. It's on New York City uh, Central Park Summer Stage. Um, it's called Central Park Summer Stage because there is a major um, stage in Central Park itself where they'll have shows, some are benefit shows, some are free shows, but they expanded and they have free shows all over the city in, in all of the boroughs they've managed to cover yeah. in parks, and they put on these just like makeshift shows. A lot of them are free, and I, I like to let people know that because a lot of people be like, I can't afford to see concerts and that sort of thing um this is a way to do it are mm. you gonna have to show up a little bit early yes probably because it's a free show and it's new york city but um you know you could see some decent acts like the mountain goats mm. which we're gonna tell you exactly why they're so good mm. and what a treat to be able to see them for free when normally they do command you know a what i would consider like a standard ticket price i don't know maybe somewhere between like 30 40 dollars mm. or whatever and so this was uh this was a real blessing. And so anyway, um, I'm hoping to link in the description to Summer Stage so you can check out to see what, if you live in the New York City area, uh, what shows are remaining for that program. But you'd be pleasantly surprised. There are actually some, like, decent um, big names. Uh, Jody Watley, Lisa Lisa. Okay, I mean, okay, not big, big, but were once. Well, no, listen, <laughs> I've also seen, like, they've done free shows for, like, Portugal the Man and, like, other, like, oh, bands like that, that uh, Prospect okay. Park, you know. I didn't go to it, but I have seen that they do that. Prospect Park, Coney Island gets them. I think Sunset Park, uh, we're, you know, we live in Brooklyn, so that's you know, the ones that we see the most. It would be worth it to even just check out someone you've never heard of because we are big advocates of that, you mm. know, um, checking out somebody that is maybe not on your radar and you become a new fan mm. and pleasantly surprised. Maybe they can be. So, um, and anyway, so so that's the venue and that's summer stage. And jumping into the actual show itself, um, did I miss something? Oh, I did miss something. We want to talk about the crowd. We always like to get into that because that it, a lot of <laughs> things is like where you are, but also who you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this crowd. I thought they were very respectful. Um, they were a lot of fans there that knew like every word to these songs, which is quite a feat, which we'll explain that later. I would say like leaning towards the um, definitely the sort of edgy liberal side, all ages really. Um, noted when the uh, representative from Summer Stage had to go on and give before the show the obligatory speech about, uh, thanking the sponsors. And of course, when he, you know, mentions the first two, was it Capital One and like Bloomberg, and, you know, somebody else would be like, boo. And I'm mm. like, okay, well, maybe you don't want to be at this free show right. that they're putting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting to not have to pay anything for it because, listen, it's yeah, like... Go, I, go yeah. motherfuck the people that are letting you have a free concert right, right. And again, like, the way that, that I put this was that it's not that I'm against protesting. It's not that I don't think that corporations can be terrible. 
I just think there's a time and a place and the time and the place to get into it with your domineering patriarchal father or whatever is not like the Thanksgiving dinner that he paid for mm. that you are eating for free. Like another time. You know what I mean? It was just like, we, we don't need this. Like right. it doesn't need to be political like right now. Right. Let it, let it go. This <laughs> is this was my opinion, of yeah. course. And it is it's our show. So that's how we fucking feel about yeah. it. And uh, another point of sort of etiquette, if you will, was that I noticed that somebody uh, initially started up with uh, a thing that I have seen at EDM shows quite a bit in the past year, which is the fan. I have no problem with the fan. We're talking about like those fold-out Chinese fans. No problem with them. People call them clack fans a lot now. It's nice to stay cool. What really grinds my gears is clacking the fan to the beat as if you needed to. It's really, I was saying that it's in the same wheelhouse for me as the whistle mm. at a rave or the I can never say it the vivuela the vuvuzela the vuvuzela whatever at soccer games it's like I, I you know what you don't need we don't need that yeah. we don't need your special yeah just like clap. listen let me let me have my quick rant real yeah. quick because I feel like I got a, a quick 90 second rant during all these shows and that's that's just me anyway but like stop fucking going to these things and adding your own sound effects like, I didn't come here to hear you whistle. I didn't come here to hear you clacking along. Woo, but don't woo six times in the middle of a song standing right next to me. Like, stop adding to this. Nobody came here to hear you. Uh, I'm here to, to listen to this music. And honestly, you're clack, 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 clack along to the beat. It's pretty fucking annoying. It's distracting. <laughs> and I think it's a bit myopic. Uh, it's like this sort of... Uh, uh, sort of assumption that other people are really enjoying that, and usually it's just you. Yeah, I'm um, like, listen, I don't want to tell anybody how to enjoy music or enjoy a show. Like, do it however you do it, but just be considerate. Like, the people around you don't need to hear a fucking whistle going off in their ear right. three times in the middle of a song. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, so I had, I was just like, oh my god, I think he's he's doing the thing to the beat, and I, I'm I'm. It's making my ears bleed. And James is like, oh, yeah, I've heard about this before, the the clack crew or whatever. And I was like, what is that? You know, I never heard it, like, put that way. I didn't know about the, the, the clack part of it, which it makes sense because that's the sound. But mm. so then I look it up and then I, like, stumble on this website. It's called cl- – this is not – any sort of um, sponsorship or whatever. Yeah. It's just, I'm just telling you that this site exists, clackthatfan.com, where there's just a whole array of um, of fans mm-hmm. that, you know, this is an LGBT-based company, so a lot of them have to do with whatever your sexuality is. But then there's just things with, like, different countries and whatever, and they're very ornate. Mm. Uh, they're cool fans. They are. Don't get me wrong. Like you I, know? like I don't want this to come across as like I dislike the fans because I we like love fans. the fans. Yeah. We just don't especially, like clacking especially to the beat. shout out to everybody that goes to these shows and turns around and just fans, like, fans people. people. That's a really, really nice thing to do. Yeah, but then I stop liking you as much when I just hear clacking. It's like okay, enough. Yeah. Um, they even have holsters for these fans. Which people is take silly with like a gun, <laughs> gun, but more fabulous. So people take this fan stuff real seriously, and uh, and I get it. It's like a cultural thing and and, and such, and uh, I love the idea of cooling off you, cooling off the people around you. I love the clack of the fan. I don't need to hear it with the beat in terms of now it's an instrument. I don't know. It just seems very sort of... Um, 
unaware of <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like how are people around you feeling about this i always try to be aware of that because this is new york and there's people everywhere um so anyway you know that's that's how we feel about that yeah. we know Off we're not we're, we're not convincing anybody that's gonna clack their fan to the beat um but if you are on the fence about it we're gonna say we strongly discourage you from yeah. doing that <laughs> so i prayed to the, rock, the concert gods and he did stop so that was good um, anyway, uh, so this band, uh, the Mountain Goats is spearheaded by John Darnielle. Uh, he is the, uh, lead singer, the lyricist, um, guitar player, got Peter Hughes on bass, Matt Douglas on keys and sax. Woo. He was good on that. And sometimes guitar, John Worcester on drums. Um, this, okay. So this band is sort of like a lo-fi, um, you could say they're folk, I guess, but really it's yeah, not what you would expect yeah. because the lyrics in this get very heavy and very dark and he isn't afraid to go mm. there and there's a lot of interesting character vignettes and mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, it's very folk in the sense that he is singer-songwriter style and all of the songs tell stories, which is you know very, uh, very much a, a folk music trope kind of thing where every song is like a story that goes along with it, which is something I like. I like, I like, artists it's why i like cold war kids and like a couple other bands like that that tend to like create a character and tell a story through that character and that's very much what he does these stories are really fleshed out and uh you know as we kind of go through the set list you'll get a sense of that um they really came out swinging with the song uh one samuel fifteen twenty three. obviously that is a biblical reference john is a christian praise regularly etc so you know that would make sense that he would uh, title a song that then um, a song called Younger off their new album which is called In League with Dragons I think that this is a really fun album it's the most recent one mm. um, I think it's fun because it is this sort of like rock opera like heavily drawing from Dungeons and Dragons and that sort of kind of mythology um, medieval oh you know the Arthurian type stuff and whatever and a lot of it too um, is from the perspective of people that engage in like LARPing and this kind of, of recreation, yeah. which we tend to, those of us who are not into that laugh at because it is kind of funny for people to wear costumes and swing around fake weapons. But, uh, what I really love about it is that he takes us to the emotional place that people really get into. Mm. And this means a lot to a lot of people like these these fake battles and whatever it's feels real to them in the moment. And, um, I don't know, it g gave me a new perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it is a bit silly. Um, but at the same time, like I can appreciate, uh, the sort of level of emotional investment that you can have and what people go through mm. and that like, you feel genuine feelings. Like really, I mean, who am I to talk? I used to go on stage and like, you know, cry for real in reaction to a death on stage that's not a real death you know what i mean it's like is it really all that different mm. um it's cool and like you'll get a better sense of this as we break down a couple of the other songs that we wanted to specifically mm -hmm. bring up because he tells he usually uh tells like a little vignette before uh, a bunch of his songs tell you it's like this song is about and he tells you uh the story behind it or the character that uh is the sort of the narrator of this song. I think he even used the term, like, the narrator of this song once or twice. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting that this guy is able to say, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I'd imagine he probably played D&D &D at some point or maybe he has, like, LARPs or that kind of thing, but uh, he doesn't take me as the kind of guy that does it all the time. But what he says uh, with that album with a lot of his songs is, like, listen, like, these are characters. These are, like, people out there. 
Let's tell a story about it. Yeah, and it's characters that I would say normally maybe wouldn't have a voice or a story that normally wouldn't be told. Mm. And that's what, and, and I love that he would kind of give us background about the songs because let's be real, this is a free concert. A lot of people just happen to be walking by and just fucking showed up mm. and have never even heard of these people. So it was kind of a cool background. Uh, uh, it was a kind of a cool approach in that sense to give the background um, for people not familiar with the music. And indeed, there were a number of songs that I was not that familiar with, you know, um, so that was really cool. I mean, yeah, there were those people that knew literally like every single lyric, which I, again is quite a feat. Yeah. Um, hey, quick, <laughs> quick special shout out to the kid that was sitting next to me because he was maybe like 19 and sang along the entire time. And that's impressive because right. this band is older than me. They have like 20 albums. I know them. I know a good amount of songs by them. I would not say that I'm like super deep in their discography because that's tough with these guys. The back catalog is is yeah, yeah quite extensive. Um, so it's cool too that that he has been able to uh, attract fans yeah, from reach, 16 to 70. Yeah, reach, reach a new audience, uh, right? That, that kid clearly like yeah. really cared about them. Yeah, so I love really that. I love it. that that he still still has a, a draw like that. Um, so anyway, yeah. So explaining the stories behind his songs that's really cool. This is music that you do. Sort Sort of have to pay attention to lyrically, I think. You know, if so, I mean, sometimes I my mind would run away uh, and get really involved in um, the instrumentation, particularly when it comes to Matt Douglas, who is on the keys and saxophone and guitar. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Um, sure. But yeah, so this music probably didn't make the mainstream because, quite honestly, it does. It's not automatically like an earworm where it's um, so palatable that almost the lyrics don't matter. The lyrics they do matter. Mm. You do have to kind of pay attention, and not everyone wants to really pay attention when they listen to music. They just kind of want something like I don't know. I was saying to a friend earlier that I was like, you know, if you're listening to, you know. Thank you, Next, from Ariana Grande. It's kind of like eating a donut. There's not much to it. It's just, mm. oh, this is sweet and tasty, and down it goes. You know, this isn't... Uh, mountain Goats is more complex meal. It's like eating lobster. You know, yeah. you got to do a little work, but it's worth it. A little it. bit of work, yeah. Um, so, okay, so they had this song, um, Old College Try. Uh, I loved what he had to say about this song, where he was <laughs> gave us a, the rundown. He was like, this is about a couple who uh, are either blessed or cursed or just destined for a divorce, and they're trying to make yeah. that not happen. Yeah. Um, he will absolutely write about things like that without uh, hesitation. Uh, there was a song, uh, The Coroner's Gambit, but that was sped up. Uh, apparently, usually, it's it's quite uh, slow. I, this is a song that I don't remember. Um, but uh, it's kind of interesting to sometimes hear when a song is played differently than is on the mm. album, and you will never hear it played that way unless you see it live. Yeah. So that was a nice little gift. Yeah, what's always neat about that is some some when some bands take like their slower songs and speed it up just because like hey when you speed this song up it's it's totally different like now it's this upbeat song and it went from he he even said it's like yeah honestly this song is like a dirge but then like we recorded it sped up one time and I rediscovered that and so now we're playing it sped up a little bit just because it's it's different and it kind of changes the song in a way uh, I think uh, Pash Pit did that with constant. Constant Conversations, which is a song that I really love, and I and I enjoy this sped up version because it it feels like a different song. But then you're listening to the the lyrics behind it, and that that doesn't change. But it, it's just like an interesting testament to the power of like the music behind the lyrics and, and what that can create. So yeah, so uh, that was a fun one. Uh, we had then heard In League with Dragons. Again, that's a newer song, and that song was basically about having a dragon of your own to incinerate all of your enemies. Yeah. Which is how he put it. Yeah. And when he explained the song to people, and, like, let's get real, like, 
we've all kind of fantasized about that. Yeah, he he said he's like, I wanted to write something that's universal, and what's more universal than wishing that you had a fucking dragon that could <laughs> solve all your yeah, problems? Totally. Yeah, that's how funny. I love the way he he like explains his song. So fucking cool. Okay, so um, one of my favorite moments was a piano. Uh, was a duo between just him and uh. And between him and Matt Douglas, where Matt Douglas was on piano. And this song was beautiful. It was called Wear We're Black. Black. Yeah. We love this song. Yeah, um, that, that might have been my favorite one, even though it's like a slow, kind of sad song. Uh, what I really liked about it is that in his like vignette beforehand, he basically said, it's like, listen, this song is about me when I was 19. And like basically to sum up what he said is this this is a song about him when he was a fucking loser. <laughs> Cause like he's like, Yeah, back then I, I thought it was pretentious. Pretentious as shit. He's just like, I used to wear like black pants and like this black jacket and a white shirt buttoned all the way up and, and a hat with a uh, like a black hat. And I always wore aviators. And and it's just like he's describing this and like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that guy in high school too. So you were that guy in high school. Cool. All right. But he's calling himself out now. He's like looking back at that and going, like, man, I was kind of an asshole, but at least I made a good song about it. Right. So this song, um, I'm trying to look up here as to to which album that was off. But it's worth noting that, like we said, how uh, a lot of the Mountain Goat songs that were, you know, written written by John, really, um, some are autobiographical, and um, this one. Yeah, this this one is is off of one of those albums that kind of is. Some of them are, you know, very character driven people that aren't him, but some are more autobiographical. And um, this one certainly was. And yeah, it just kind of went over that period of time in his life. I love when he was like, I used to wear shades like all the time, and I had intimate relationships with people who never saw me without the sunglasses on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but it's, it's a good line at least. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and how he used to write songs like with all these like mythological references and like latin phrases peppered in and such and people would ask him like well why don't you write uh you know about like more sort of like mainstream sort of mainstays themes and then he's like oh that's lame whatever and then he comes out and says but a lot of this was autobiographical and he just you know throws some mythological references on it some obscurities and some latin phrases and now people don't know that it's autobiographical yeah he he said something that's like oh back then i was like oh i'm not gonna fall into the singer songwriter trope about writing about yourself and then he's like and then 20 years later i realized yeah no i was definitely writing about myself he's just like hiding it in with all these classical references and everything like that and again it was like a self-deprecating moment where he was basically like yeah i used to be a pretentious little fuck but he's like at least i made some good music out of it so. Wait, yeah it was just so classic yeah. uh you know i was like I, absolutely i remember these characters from like high school and and college and that sort of thing um Oh, and and also we had mentioned that this song almost struck as a something that you might see in a mus- in a musical, mm-hmm. really a musical theater piece. And I was saying uh, to James, like, you know, for my musical theater friends out there, I really feel like they should consider using songs from the Mountain Goats catalog for audition pieces. Uh, this is a generalization. This isn't an, an absolute truth, but I feel like musical theater people are, you know, higher up they are. They're kind of in a bubble. That's what they're doing. So they're not 
going to know who the mountain goats are. You can make up a show that it's from <laughs> and just, and they're like, oh, I haven't heard this one. And blow them away with this fucking song that's not only going to show off your range, it will. Mm. Uh, John has pretty good range. But also you're going to be telling a story and then you're only going to get 16 bars and the story's going to end. They'll be like, but what happens next? And be like, well, you'll just have to call me yeah, back to hear the rest back. of the story. Yeah, this, um, this one in particular made me think of that, but a lot of uh, the times when he was up there, it sounded like a, almost a, a musical theater song. Mm. Uh, this one in particular, uh, it was up there and it felt like the main character got, gets a couple minutes with a single piano accompaniment to sing a ballad kind of thing. And his voice even is like, uh, he's got kind of like that musical theater voice. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but like, you know, when you hear it where it's like, oh yeah, that sounds, you sound like you're a, a character in a musical and this is your song. Right. Like if you, if, if you want to sing a song for an audition that no one else has sung, pick something from the mountain goats, make up a show that it's from, they're probably not going to research it anyway and just fucking do it. I mean, it's not like it's a song you wrote. That's the ultimate taboo. I think in musical theater, um, uh, auditions and these, these are phenomenal storytelling songs. Um, Going to Fort Washington, um, that was a, you know, shout out to New York, which is where this show was. Uh, Waylon Jennings Live, that's a fun song that's basically about him having seen Waylon Jennings Live when he was living in Iowa Mm. trying to hide from the law or something. (laughs) I don't know. I couldn't exactly figure that out. Uh, Clemency for the Wizard King, again, off of In League with Dragons. Um, And uh, I don't know, you can kind of explain that song a little better than I can. Yeah, that actually might have been my favorite one that he played last night, too. Um, Really interesting, fun song. This is another one where it's like perspective of this person that, you know, you might not have thought should even have a story told, but they're telling a story. So basically, like the story of the song is it's a bunch of LARPers and their their king, their wizard king got captured by the enemy. So now they had to storm into the enemy castle and they're they're, uh, you know, in front of the opposing king begging for their king back and like standing their ground. It's all about brave warriors fighting through to get their king back. And it sounds like something. Obviously, it's like a story out of uh, like a, a Arthurian legend, like a, a myth from the Middle Ages. But it's framed as it's like, no, it's these people that this is what they do to them. Like they're treating this as real. And I'm going to tell this story as if it's as if it's real. Again, I want to see again. It does seem real. It's not like, you know, you're familiar with the genre power metal. Yeah, of course. Right. So power metal can come out very cheesy and they write these similar themes about dragons and knights and castles and all of this. But it doesn't come off that way. It comes off is really genuine, authentic. Yeah. It really does. I don't know how else to put it. I know it sounds silly, but it's not. These are, listen, just talk to a LARPer. They have genuine emotions surrounding these, what are they called? Crusade. Well, it depends on what on is the, what is the word. What for, like a LARP campaigns? Campaigns, okay. Campaigns, yeah, you know, and um, I I think that this would resonate. Um, again, imagine using that for a musical theater audition, right? Um, Passaic 1975 is also a song that I really like, and that one is told uh, from the perspective of. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne in 1975, not one of his higher points in life, um, where he at that time uh, managed to go to the wrong hotel and pass out and miss a show where there were 8,000 people waiting to Mm. see him. Yeah, he goes, and I find that absolutely legendary, which is true. (laughs) That is fucking legendary that you could be so big and you can pull that off. Now it's just the further legend of Ozzy Osbourne there. But what's cool about it is this is another one where he's like, I'm, I'm taking this character and I'm 
you know, creating a song from the perspective of this character. And so he said, it's like, yeah, listening to old bootlegs of Ozzy Osbourne during that time where he's strung the fuck <laughs> out. Yeah, he's yeah. also on stage, not so subtly telling the fans that they should also be doing drugs. Mm-hmm. And so like the song choruses is like, I just want to get the world high. And so the whole point is that it's like, yeah, I'm like, this is a song as Ozzy Osbourne during this time, just fucking juiced out of his mind, <laughs> telling everybody else how great it is to do heroin. Yeah. Yeah. I- that, that one was really fun because it's like, who's going to tell that story? Mm. Oh, John Darnell, of course. Um, uh, moving on to another song we heard, Sicilian Crest. That was a really well done one. I was mentioning that um, I didn't actually pick up the lyrics on this one. I know he said something about it having to do with fascism and maybe like the perspective of being an Italian fascist in the 1940s. I don't know. I think it was that. Yeah. I was distracted by the piano playing because it was so good. It mm. was like this very like happy, you know jangling along like Christopher Cross-ish is the best way that I can describe it um, type piece. I, I really enjoyed that one, and it, and it, it really, uh, really slapped. Um, a Possum by Night. Am I saying that right? Is it just possum? Possum. Oh, I said yeah. possum. Possum by Night. It's literally about a possum. I just said it again. Yeah. It's a little bit of, it's about a possum. A po- and he, he, a possum. he goes up there and says, and this is a, a song about one of our, our favorite critters. Uh, what, what do you say? The, uh, the, the noble, the noble possum mm-hmm. and eats the garbage that we won't eat, but is delicious to them and stuff like that. And avoids cars and all that kind of thing. It and is. It's, it's a really cute story. Yeah. And he'll like, actually like, as if, you know, it's anthropomorphizing a, and, a possum, yeah. can't say this word, yeah. uh, to to where it's like, what was he like, get all the cars on the curb or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. like what the terror must be for this little animal to feel. I mean, yeah. who like does this? Who I comes mean, up with that? And, 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 and no, it sounds like he's like being weird for the sake of being weird, but it's not at all. I truly think this guy just is like, just things come to his mind and almost he takes it as a challenge. Like, could I write a song about X? Of course he writes autobiographical material and that sort of thing, you know, um, but sometimes he just does these vignettes and it's like, well, why not? Like mm. it's done in other mediums and film and, and, you know, theater and that sort of thing. Why not do it for music? Why does music have to be so basic mm. all the time? So I love that. And then um, the next song that, uh, that really struck me was No Children, which is also a, a newer song. And that is a very brutal song about divorce. And, and there are a lot of songs about breakups out there in the world. Mm. Um, but this one really just goes into that, that place that most people don't talk about if they've been there, which is that place where it's like, it's not just like, I hate you or I'm sad or everything's going to be okay. But it's like, this the, sucks. The le- Everything sucks. I fucking hate you. Like, yeah. The lyrics are basically like, I hope you die. I hope we all die. I hope it doesn't get better anytime soon. I hope I wake up tomorrow and cut myself shaving. Yeah. You know, I just like burn it all to the ground. Fuck it. Well, you're just, you feel so lost that you don't even want anything to exist anymore. Like, this isn't something that you act on. This isn't something that's logical. But it is a thing that people think sometimes Mm. when their world is fucking falling apart. And I love that he always that one line that I love where he's like, uh, uh, something like, I won't be telling anyone you were a good wife. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) You know, it's just very brutal. It's like the brutal things that get said and uh, and the things that you think it's 
it, yeah, it just yeah, it's, it's divorce your, rocks your world. Yeah, it's not your typical little breakup song where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I'll miss you. Or even like, you know, you've heard plenty of songs where it's like angry at the person you broke up with. This is like just fucking nihilism because of this. Nihilism, that's, that's what this song is. Yeah, this is nihilism because you're going through this divorce and this is what you're thinking of and this is what you're like not putting to words and he did he put it to song in fact yeah he's very good with that uh uh nihilistic uh theme because in the final song which was going invisible to uh which i think will be our outro um that song has this sing-songy chorus Mm. with it's a, a happy little tune but the lyrics are literally like I'm gonna burn it all down today, down today, okay? And it's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just like, just flipping the table, mm. you know? I've had it, I can't anymore. And so many of us have been there. Mm. And and he sings it in a way that's different, that's not necessarily, it just seems more realistic than when like, I don't know, like, like Papa Roach is screaming screaming about it and we, we yeah. actually have a funny story about that yeah. uh but um you know it there's there's an authenticity to it and it's it's highly relatable so i will say if you're interested in storytelling type songs there's a huge back catalog here um you know you may want to go to like setlist fm and see the songs that are typically played just mm. to give yourself a start or go on spotify and listen to the most played songs mm. Um, but, uh, listen, he's been doing this since what, 1991. He started out like he was working as a psychiatric nurse and he was literally c- recording his tracks on a Panasonic boombox, and it shows, yeah. uh, production level has changed since, but sometimes he chooses to go a little bit more lo-fi anyway. And I don't know, all in all, I think it's a very, it's very interesting, uh, spectrum that he covers in uh, his songwriting. And that definitely is reflected in a live show. Yep. Uh, Definitely, like, if you haven't picked up on it, this is a highly, highly recommend to see these guys. Um, and if, you, uh, if you're on the East Coast, though, uh, you're out of luck because going, they're going out west. They're uh, going to be in the Midwest in Wyoming, uh, Montana, and then Washington at the beginning of next month. So if you're, uh, you know, all those thousands of fans that we have, ha-ha, that are out there on the West Coast, or if you're maybe visiting the West Coast and you want a chance to see these guys, he's going to be at Seattle in uh, September, early September, um, and then even a show up at Vancouver on September 6th. Yeah, and this is like, again, it's going to be a more calm environment. Um, there are a few songs that seem to kind of show up at the end of set lists that are a bit more upbeat where you'll, people will get on their feet and that sort of thing. But you will feel a strong sense of camaraderie. People around you will be knowing the lyrics, that sort of thing. You know, their, their fan base isn't huge, but the fan base they do have is quite loyal. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I think another sort of good, a cool intro into um, the Mountain Goats uh, material, if, if you have interest in that, is this podcast called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats, and this is hosted by John Darnell himself, and he actually goes in and like talks about the history of his songs, like the content of it, but I think he also actually goes into you know, the music that you mm-hmm. know, you know, the production of the song itself and that sort of thing. So I think that's pretty cool, because also, not only is he an incredible storyteller, but the way he talks about the stories that he told and the origins, like he just, he's very charming and, and engaging and fun to listen to. He's got a great sense of humor. So I would definitely check out that podcast if you can. I'm, I'm going to link to that and the description as well. 
Um, so yeah, all in all, great show. Oh, can we just finish out with that funny thing we heard at the bar, the yeah. barbecue? So there's no things really around this park. You, we had to walk a bit, but we finally did manage to find this barbecue joint to just sort of eat something and decompress and whatever. And uh, there was this guy sitting next to me, and he clearly knew the bartender, and the bartender was like, oh, so where's so-and-so tonight? I thought he was coming too. And his friend says, his friend said, I asked him if he wanted to come out tonight, but he said, I can't. I have tickets tomorrow to see Papa Roach, and I need rest. Gotta rest up for that, oh that fucking God. rager with oh, Papa Roach. Oh, yeah. You really want to, yeah, yeah, get your energy up for that. Your wheat crush. I see the guy. What is it? What is it? 455 right now. This guy's probably getting pumped. Yeah. And uh, I looked at him. I was like, what did you say? He's like, listen, he's my bro, and I love him. He's a great guy. But I just had to walk out of the room after that <laughs> No offense, Papa Roach, but oh, man. Um, so yeah, so but listen, someone is really getting pumped up and ready for your show tonight. Yeah, um, um, twenty four hours in advance, yeah. more than that. It's on Pier Seventeen too. So right, that's a great menu. So I don't know, just funny little anecdote, little things like that happen sometimes. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening today to High Decibels. Uh, this outro here is going invisible too, and we'll talk to you soon. Later. Later.